This video is kindly sponsored by Project Red. Check the link in the description to find out more. Hello everyone, welcome to Meet a Maker. Um, this week we have wonderful co-host Faye. Hello Faye. <laughs> Hi. Good morning everyone. <laughs> and this week we are meeting an amazing human by the name of SJ. Hello SJ. <laughs> morning <laughs> how are you very very early in florida yes, thank you it's for like joining it's me. yeah it's like 5 30 it's fine this is fine <laughs> thank you so much for coming on um yeah i really really appreciate this is dedication. it dedication everyone take note yes this is, this is dedication definitely right <laughs> and faye and i are such fans so um we're very very happy to have you here <laughs> we're very pleased yes 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 shall shall we dive in though um like who are you? What What's your day job? And, and what do you do? <laughs> um, who are you is heavily loaded. So I'm going to skip that one and come okay. back to it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> come back to that one. <laughs> um, my name's SJ. I'm a metal additive engineer. So that's my day job. I print in metal where everyone else gets to do cool things on Prusas and like 3D print mills. Shout out to Naomi for being awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've been doing metal additive for about three years now, I think, somewhere close to there. And I used to work in aerospace, but now I'm working in clean energy. It's awesome. Amazing. And wow, like metal printing cool. is like so cool and like a totally different realm to anything I've touched before. So like, I don't know, what's it like? Well, I think it's so funny that you're like, <laughs> oh, plastics, plastics, that's so cool. And, yeah, and, and billionaires. Like metal. Like, metal? <laughs> Metal? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you guys can do things in plastic that, like, I know. I look at them and I'm like, that would never print. I'm like, True. that's a recoder yeah. crash. Yeah, a recoder. What's a recoder crash? crash. <laughs> um, so, like, you know how you have, like, the extruder nozzle in uh, FDM printing? Is that mm -hmm. technically the term? Is it FFF or FDM? We'll go with FDM yeah. for this. FDM is what everyone says, though. I think technically Stratasys owns that or something, but everyone says FDM, yeah. so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always understand. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the way it works in metals is there's like a laser that comes in and it passes through a lens and then it hits something called a galvo. And the galvo is basically just like a mirror like that can like do this. And so like, this is your first angle and then there's a second angle that comes off. So it goes boom and then it comes down like boom. And then down here is like the powder bed. So like there's no extruder nozzle. So like the laser's just like hitting the powder bed and then you have to figure out like, all right, cool. So I got the laser to work. Now how am I gonna keep putting material down? And so that's where like the recoder system comes in. So like you have the powder come up on one side and then it like the recoder arm comes across and it's like, it's and like, it, like dusty moves thing. the powder across the plate. Gotcha. Yeah. It like slightly dusts the plate and then the, the laser goes again. And that's how that's basically the, the that science. <laughs> that's like the kindergarten version of what I do all day. Is I just literally sit there and watch the laser weld all day, every day. That it's slower amazing. than watching FDM extrusion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more exciting. I mean, you're making stuff in actual metal. Like, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Real world, yeah. real world usable parts as opposed to tchotchkes. 
I admittedly, as soon as I, as soon as those words left my mouth, I realized there's tons of real world usable purposes for FDM printing. You've got one but sitting metal, over your shoulder, actually, in rainbow colors right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, I don't actually believe that it's just for tchotchkes. Um, but there is something obviously very different about a part being made in metal and, and what it can be used for, I guess, versus something made in any type of polymer, any type of plastic polymer, um, just very different use cases. Am I correct in thinking that the, the form of metal printing you do is sintering? Yep, that's correct. It's okay. called DMLS, direct metal laser sintering. Nice. Okay. And does it like get stuck to a bed? Like, how do you get the pot out? <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm asking really newbie questions <laughs> no no ask me all the newbie questions because i feel like i've talked with you about what i do but i've never explained it like scientifically i just tell you that it came out the printer yeah and um, i'm like wow <laughs> so, uh, most people watching will have no idea about centering like at all might not have even okay um so. so my uh my metal specialties are aluminum uh, which everyone loves because like if you talk to any CNC machinist, they'll be like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you're like, oh, but it's aluminum. And they're like, aluminum, you say? <laughs> well, I mean, of course I can do that. <laughs> Why is <laughs> it just really good to work with? metal. Oh, it's okay. easy to work with in a lathe. And it's like, it, it's really easy. Like you could do a lot of like machining by hand. Um, so light and soft. And does that make yeah, it easier but, to print uh, too? Or hmm? does that make it easier to print as well? Not, no. No, okay. No. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, my other specialty is what, like, my Twitter handle is, which is uh, Inconel, which is a nickel super alloy. Um, yeah, it's like, I think in my head, it's the closest thing to, like, vibranium that we have. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so now you see why I had to be called Inconel. Um, yep. But yeah, so Inconel is like a nickel super alloy. And like one of its main properties is like that what they use it for in aerospace is that like the more you hit it, the stronger it gets. What? So like I'm not a metallurgist, so I can't tell you like how the atoms move. But like the more you like strike it, the harder it becomes. It's That's like a weird magic. thing. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Check me in the comments if you want. Um, I've had to try and machine it, so I know for a fact. <laughs> that is ridiculous. That's incredible. Yes. It's really cool. So they put it. They used to put it on like the hulls of the spaceship because, like, as it was re-entering the atmosphere, it was one of the few materials that could survive really, really well. Right. Um, of course. Yeah, but it's right. super expensive to machine because, as I said. The more you hit it, the stronger it gets. So just imagine trying to like hammer away at something like that or grind away at something like that. Um, Is this like, in, like one of those situations metal. where you have to use the the metal to machine the same metal, like almost like like diamond, kind of. Got it's I'm, kind I'm of like that. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but um, we actually end up just like. It's like if you were going to do like a lathe project in aluminum, you would only need like one one bit. But for me to do the same operation in Inconel, I would buy like four just to be safe. Because it's just, you know, it's going to break. Like Inconel is like super strong. So, you know, you're just going to lose a few bits in the process. Wow. So that's what also makes it like super expensive. Because then the machinist has to stop, break everything down, reload his drill bit, start it all back up again. And uh, 
Yeah. So henceforth, why it's super popular to 3D print Inconel, because then you can just get it into the net shape and all you have to do is go in and like put a hole in here or touch it up around this edge and then bam, there it is. Right, of course. Instant part. Huh, that makes <laughs> and, so much and sense. I'm, Amazing. I'm guessing it's not really any different to print in Inconel versus aluminum. Like I'm, I'm guessing the process is more or less the same for, for different metals. The or is process is roughly the same. Um, but like, there's, there's like, I mean, obviously parameters like laser speed, wattage slash power, um, like your cross hatching, the patterns that you laser it in are different. Uh, the way metal lasering works is it's kind of like, it was described to me recently as a coloring book. So like you have the contour, which is like the outlines of your coloring book. Right. And then the striping pattern is like your crayon going back and forth between the lines. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So like that's that's kind of how it goes oh, and that's kind yeah. of how it looks. I really like that's that metaphor. That's great. Yeah. Like, yeah I feel it's like that works in a very similar similar way where you have your your out you draw your perimeters and then you know it goes back and forth to do the uh, the the fill. So it's not a yeah. million miles away in terms of like I guess the the logistics. No, that's not logistics. Yeah. That's yeah, but yeah, the main difference I would say for me personally between ink and aluminum is that I'm far more careful with my aluminum uh, because aluminum and titanium because of the way that they are like the size of the pores and like the size of like the particles of the powder. If you like get them going, it's like striking like tinder. And oh, so like sometimes like the condensate will like just combust or ignite or i'm trying to figure out the right vocabulary word but yeah so like as yeah, i'm like I, moving the filter out like we have to like have all of these safety procedures i'm in like a full hazmat suit um because if i'm not super super careful and i shake it just like a little too much sometimes like it will just go up in this big green flame wow <laughs> wow i never even thought of that but it makes so much sense because i think those like survival strikers they're aluminium and something else aren't they yeah wow that's terrifying <laughs> Yeah. This is, uh, Dang. I have a great life insurance plan. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Please never go up in flames. I would miss you sorely. <laughs> oh, my God. You can wow. totally edit that out. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> no. It's too funny. <laughs> so, oh, like, man. the skills that you use at your day job, um, has that helped you with your own making or in other areas of your life? Like, do you get to use it outside of work as well? Um, I would say that, uh, like, for me, like, uh, 3D printing has always been my passion and always been, like, the thing that I've loved the absolute most more than anything else. It was just, like, you know, when I met 3D printing and I met Kat, it was just, like, oh, hey, like, we fell in love. And then, like, we got married, like, right after that. <laughs> All three of y'all. All, yeah. three of y'all. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> When did that start? Like, how did you get into it originally? Sorry, I know I'm going on a tangent, but like... Oh, no, that's fine. Um, that's a great question. Um, uh, so I started CAD in my undergrad and like, I'd always wanted to be like super artistic, but I couldn't make what was up here happen with like a pen or charcoal. Like I would describe things, but I couldn't get it to like do what I wanted on the paper. Like even drawing rectangles was just like... This is not what I wanted. It's a circle. Um, <laughs> and yep. I used to get super frustrated. And then 
I walked into engineering school and we had our first CAD class and the professor just showed us like boop, boop, boop. And like it happened on the screen and I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And so then I was finally able to do like all of the artistic expression that like I couldn't do with like a pencil because that's just not how my brain is wired. So it's wired for CAD. Yeah. It's like, really interesting. Life. The difference between... um like how our how our brains translate uh basically some people have kind of an inherent ability to translate 3d into 2d and and back again and other people don't you can like 3d has to be 3d you can't like the translation between the two doesn't always work like it's it is it's something it's something to do with with how our brains work and some people have this skill and some people don't and and yeah so for a lot of people something like looking at a real world object and then drawing it in 2D is impossible. It's just your brain, the brain goes, eh, no, no, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced by this, by this flattening you're trying to do here. But obviously creating things in CAD is not 2D, it's three dimensional. So it accesses like a different part of your brain. And so, oh yeah, I, th I don't think it's unusual for people who are good at um, kind of 3D drafting to not necessarily be able to draw because they're totally different skills. They use a different part of the brain entirely. So, I don't know. I think this sort of thing is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm like so like blown away by the two of you because like, I mean, Billy was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna start painting and it's no big deal. And then yeah, she's over here Pombo Picassoing it, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up Are better. in a very arty environment, so there's a lot of osmosis <laughs> knowledge that just probably was gained over the years. Like it wasn't like, yeah, my my yeah. Anyway, Billy <laughs> <laughs> really has the has the good brain connections to to, to turn the the three D into two D. The <laughs> great brain connections. Aww, aww. But I I totally agree though about like like digital fabrication in that. Like, cause the, I got into it cause I wanted to make things my hands couldn't make. I couldn't make things accurate enough. I wanted to make dice. I couldn't make accurate enough with my hands and I knew it. And yeah, like I love that we have these tools that allow us to be creative in this way, even when our hands fail us or, you know, you know, like even, not that, not that your hands were failing you, but like, I felt like mine were, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I love the, the technology for that. <laughs> no, computers are always going to be more precise than human hands, I think. Like, like even very skilled artists can only work so small kind of thing. And obviously we can now 3D print stuff to, to micron levels and stuff like that on a desktop printer, you know, on a desktop resin printer, it can go to what, point, point 0.1, you know, like, or not point 0.1 microns, point 0.1 millimeters. Um, and yeah, that's, but also do it in a fraction of the time. I think that's the other thing is that like, even if you had a skilled artisan who could like, sculpt a, a teeny tiny thing it would take ages versus a 3d printer which would do it in like yeah 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 which is almost insulting yeah. sometimes <laughs> oh, dare you so so you got into cad first and then 3d printing did that happen later as you were studying or yeah so that happened like later so i took all of these cad courses and i minored in cad and cam um, when I was in school and then, uh, yeah, they had like a 3d printing class or they called it rapid prototyping. And I was like all psyched about it. And I was like, hell yeah. And, uh, so like once they like gave me the 3d print back from the CAD that I had made, it was one and done. Like, I was just like, all right, cool. So this is what I'm going to do. Like, 
This is me. I was like, I you have it. taken the art I made on the screen and now you have given it to me in physical form. And I want to be a wizard too. Please let me be a wizard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is magic. I tell that to people all the time. Yeah. That it turns your thoughts into reality and it's magic. It's like, yeah, it's like you know, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you. like, wait, 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 wait here. I'm going to, pr- I'll be right back. I'm going to run to my printer. I'm going to get you the, mo- I'm going to print it and I'm going to bring it to you and you're going to understand what I'm trying to tell you and describe to you and show you. Yeah. Hold it and feel it and experience it. And oh, it's just the coolest. I will never get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, it is it is definitely like that 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 sweet spot where, where magic and sci-fi kind of meet and that sort of like exactly. this is this is absurd. How is this real? How is this how is this on my desk? You know, like how is yeah. this something that I own? <laughs> Though we can't Maybe. own the ones that SJ uses. Oh my god. No, no. They must be so no. expensive. <laughs> They're so expensive. Also big. and the materials. Probably like and my whole flat, like would be just one printer kind of thing. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, roughly the size of the, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty big. big? Um, wow. What's the build um, volume Well, then? like the, the big industrial ones that we use for like making act, like I don't want to say actual real parts. That's insulting to my little baby, um, a little baby <laughs> printer. Um, but the, uh, the big ones used for like a lot of aerospace production are pretty large. I would say they're like 15 feet uh, by about six feet without the steps on the side. And they what? weigh like a <laughs> lot of, of this room. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Size of this room that I'm in. Yeah, that is amazing. Whoa, yeah. wow. And that's all to house a build chamber that's only 16 inches cubed. Oh, that's a wow! How come? What's that's what's the rest of it? Oh, right. Yes. So I told right. you about like the Galvo and like the laser, but for the laser to operate on the nominally, sorry. 4 a.m. It's 5 a.m. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> For the laser to operate correctly, you have to remove all the oxygen out, right? Oh. So you have to fill it with argon or nitrogen gas. So like think of that like big 16 by 16 cube and we just like dump argon into it. Wow. <laughs> and then we push all of the oxygen out. Um, this and is the so, coolest. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have systems in place to handle all of that argon flow. And then you need systems in place. Like for the big ones, it's built in three compartments. There's like an electronics box. Then there's like the build chamber box. And then there's like the unpacking box. And they're all oh. separated with all of these seals and whatnot. So like, um, yeah. So like the, once it's finished building, it'll like drop down. And then it slides along like this belt over to the unpacking box. And then it comes up slowly. And then you have the sucky civvy thing, and then you just like stick it in there, and it sucks up all the powder. <laughs> the sucky civvy. You can clean it up. Technical term. <laughs> Very technical. I, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. That's so Highly cool, though. I can just imagine this print like oh rising up, like slowly, like oh, here That's is exactly your new engine like. part or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then like all of it's just like the powder is just like flowing down around it. Amazing. I would love for dramatic background music to play every time I pulled it up, but that doesn't happen. You should make that <laughs> yeah, happen. Oh, that has to yeah. happen. <laughs> Just get an Arduino oh, and phone. something. <laughs> well, I only have like a pepper on and it's loud, so I wouldn't be able to hear it anyways. Aww. So it's just in my head where I'm just like... <laughs> no, that's fair. That's yeah. totally fair. <laughs> that's amazing. So cool. Wow. I want to... Ask, I, feel, I feel like we could probably ask questions about the specific printer for ages. 
But I want to know how I want to know how 2020 has kind of changed the way you feel about 3D printing because it's been a really weird year. It's been a very unusual it's, year, and it's almost over as well, which is wild. Um, but yeah. yeah, how is it? How how has it affected the way you feel about 3D printing? That's a that's a heavily loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so on the one hand, I'm like really excited because I feel that you know like makers really stepped up this year like the 3d printing community really stepped up this year and i mean like they showed what they were worth and like not to knock like my specific set of the industry but like the maker communities and like the high schools like really brought it out um yeah, you can talk to amazing. at 3dp girl her name is mara um she works at matter hackers but like i listened to like a like talk she oh, gave and where she talked about like how like the high schools and all then banded together to like really save everyone. I mean, yeah. I work in like and professional so many additive. Have any idea as well? Yeah, and I work in professional additive, and like we had to go through all these regulations to make sure that like the product we were putting out was like going to be a hundred percent safe. So we were tied up in the red tape for weeks. Meanwhile, people were at home with their like three D printers, just like printing it off, like bam, 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 bam. Um, and so like it was just really amazing to see them step up, and I was just kind of like, okay. Like, I see you come on <laughs> like yeah and they were able to like iterate so much faster um and I just I was blown away I was really impressed and I'm like really impressed with like how like they just stepped into the supply chain and they were like yo what you need we got you like we're here for you like yeah I was just yeah. blown away by our community and I was like yes this is these are my people yeah <laughs> yeah it really showed 100%. too where having desktop printers can actually be incredibly powerful too in a, mm -hmm. in a real sense. Because like you said, rapid yeah. prototyping, just being able to, to, to design, test, design, test. Okay, this is a good one, produce, you know, go. And this can all be done inside of a day, two days kind of thing yeah. is amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah, whole community just, just shone. It was amazing. Like, I really think this yeah. is the year where 3D printing proved itself and open source as well. Like, those designs flicking around and getting iterated upon and everything. Like, yeah, fuck, we shone. <laughs> like, yeah, it was amazing, you know? Like, it was just, yeah, so, so hats fun. off to everybody in the community. We're taking a moment to appreciate you. Like, yeah. we, we love all of you. You're out guys. there. And you were printing <laughs> and you were saving people. lives. We appreciate you and we thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was probably like the highlight for me, like as far as printing goes in 2020, uh, that just, that just really blew me away. Mm, definitely. Yeah. I think everyone mm. probably feels that way. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was and it's going to be great for us next year. Next yeah. year? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like 3D printing proved its metal, right? So like everyone's always been like, well, why don't you 3D print it? Well, why don't you 3D print it? And then they're like, ah, I don't know if we can trust this 3D printing thing. It's kind of new. I, I don't know. No, no, and no. then like, Actually, be like, if you remember, saved lives. Remember? Remember when we saved all those lives? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So like next year, I think there's going to be a big shift in the industry where like 3D printing is really going to come into its own and like really be taken seriously because I feel like people keep thinking of it as this hobby thing. Mm. I don't think they really understand like the hard work and the science that goes into it. Mm. Yeah, and no, all the, the possibilities. The majority of people still have no idea. They they really don't. Like the the, no the number of times I, I explain like even just that it exists to, to lay people, like that they don't even know that it exists as a technology is kind of like a 
Okay, okay. Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> but like oh, even in yeah. industry, like here in Australia, you know, if, if your car breaks down and you have like some sort of car that's like not not just a stock model, you have to wait from parts to come from Germany or the America or wherever and it takes months for that part to arrive. If people could just like push button, print object, that's the thing for the car. You know, it saves all of that time waiting. I mean, it's not that easy, obviously, to print metal. <laughs> That's why you're an expert sure. who studied a whole bunch. But, you know, I mean, in the in terms of like the, it, it's not going to have to go through all that shipping and all that like carbon cost of the shipping and, and the yeah, storing just, it just and then the that. waste of stuff that isn't sold and all that other stuff, like particularly here in Australia, because um, we're so far away from so much. Like, I just think, yeah, there's so much potential there for that. Um, yeah, because everything Massive. we have comes from. Can you imagine the carbon footprint <laughs> that would be saved if stuff didn't have to be shipped constantly, uh, thousands of miles. You know, like 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 you said, car parts is that's such a good example because that's something that's like always, always needed and probably always being shipped from overseas to Australia. So it's like, yeah, if you could, yeah, if you could just fabricate that in a in a warehouse in Australia somewhere locally where it could just be put in a truck instead of on a plane like the impact of that would would add up real quick like in a, in a positive way like it would that would, that oh, would don't worry we're, we're working on it don't yeah, you worry that's kind of what you're doing <laughs> right like this is your your new gig it's it's kind of like digital it's like it's called digital factory or something like that basically there's like a, a version of a part that like lives in this warehouse virtually and then like anytime like uh, the government would need it or like a car manufacturer would need it. They would literally just go boop and like it would download the build file. Like how you could just down some, download something off of Thingiverse and then just print it and you could just print it anywhere in the world. Yes. And like it would have all the parameter settings and everything saved like that. So as long as you had the same kind of machine and you were using the same like gas and like the, the appropriate size powder particles, you could get the same part here that you would in Germany. Um, that's it's so it's but happening. They're just testing it out now. It's freaking so, happening. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, it's, and it's you're coming. like, I feel that it's for sure coming. Oh yeah, that's, that's amazing. And then you don't need to pay for storage of extra parts. You don't have to pay for surplus. Like companies don't have yeah. all this extra inventory where they're like, we don't know what to do with this, but we yep. can't release no. it to the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that's so cool. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. That's so cool. It's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. In the works. Far it's out. No wonder out. you love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Now that is that is game changing. That's definitely game changing kind of kind of stuff, especially if it can be implemented on a on a mass kind of international scale. So you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. It's like uh, <laughs> clean yeah. energy, green. Yes, and three D printing is green too. So like that's also a thing that I really love. We mm. recycle our powder a certain oh, amount of times. It's so, like after you print with it, and it all goes into a bucket. Like once you've lazed uh the powder obviously it's been burnt right so then the particle sizes are bigger so you can literally it's called sieving sucky sieving thing so you can <laughs> oh, sieve out it. the larger particles that are burnt and then like the ones that weren't burnt just kind of like trickle down to the bottom oh cool that's cool and then you can I, just reuse yeah. that that batch for x amount of times depending upon your company some companies are like we don't recycle powder here we're sorry and then some companies, like, we're, they're like, we're sorry, we're just going to save it and keep it here. And then some companies are like, yeah, no, we'll recycle it a couple of times. Or, like, we'll use it for, like, R&D. Like, it's no big deal. Like, 
That's cool. That's you're gonna ride that horse till the wheels fall off. Like it's great. (laughs) I think that's so important though, because like the last talk I had, like last week we had Amy on, and and she was talking. She's a material scientist, and she was talking about the life cycle of objects that we make. And I think that's such an important aspect to think about is the like, yeah, the waste produced and 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 how you deal with it. And yeah, I think that's a really cool thing that to be able to reuse it. That's awesome. And if you don't reuse it, you can always melt it down. Yeah. Give it back. Yeah. And yeah. aluminium is really recyclable, right? Like that's one of the most recyclable things. Like it's very easily. I, yeah. I think it's one of the easiest to process um, recycling wise. Mm. I think unless I'm getting it the opposite. No, I'm pretty sure it's really easy because um, it melts it's, at a low it's, temperature it's and pretty, stuff. It's pretty easily recyclable. Yeah. 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 I oh. just seemed, I seem to recall watching a thing once, possibly by Penn and Teller. And maybe maybe somebody who has a little bit more more background, but I seem to recall watching something at some point about how like a, a cycling is actually not worthwhile because the metals themselves are so difficult to process and so difficult to recycle that the energy cost of recycling them is actually worse than making new. But that there was a few exceptions, and I thought I think aluminum was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Doesn't sound like Inconel would be there. <laughs> no, no, not no. Inconel. Not. Inconel's not like one, one time use. One, well, not one time use, but one but purpose, it gets no stronger, reason. so it's many time use because it just keeps yeah, the yeah. vibranium. <laughs> All I heard was forever. vibranium, and now I'm like glowing, and <laughs> you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Superhero no, material I'm just in my Black now. Panther. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. that's what I yep. think about now. Yeah. It's what I imagine. Worst things to think about. There's worse things to think about than Chaz, Chad, Chadwick Boseman. So I'm I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what about lockdown? Oh, yeah. Seeing as we're talking about about the year, um, yeah. How has lockdown affected your world? <laughs> oh man, it's been uh, it's been a nightmare. Um, it's been crazy. Uh, so you were there at the beginning um when like i had first like started joining like our group women in 3d printing uh yeah australia reached out and they were like actually we accept you you can join our group and i was like all right cool if it means i only have to wake up at 5 a.m very low requirements (laughs) we're always getting up at 5 (laughs) a.m yeah exactly and so uh uh for lockdown it was So like with the 3D printing machines, like they have like, I hate that they use this word called production because it's such a like weird word to describe. Like people just want like a series of parts. It'd be like if somebody called you and they were like, oh, Faye, can I get like 15 of your vases? And then you were like, okay, cool. So I know I'm going to make 15 of these like in a row for like the optimal size of like the build plate. Um, And so like we're in production. And so like those production parts, they go like I was working aerospace at the time. And so they were going to go like onto a rocket. And so they were like, yeah, no, um, we need all of those parts by the end of the year. Uh, The way it works in aerospace is that when they fire test like a lot of the rockets, I don't think people really understand like why they're so crazy in aerospace about their schedules. Like any slip in the schedule means that they will not test fire the rocket because they have to have like optimal weather conditions. They have to load like 
a huge field of like the liquid oxygen and like all of the gases into the rocket. Um, they have to have people on site. They have to have safety on site. Like it's a huge coordinated effort just to turn it on. And they only get to test fire it like what once or twice a year sometimes, uh, depending on like their budget. So they're like, no, we need those rocket parts and we need them by the end of the year to get them put into the engine so that we can turn it on. And like, we can't have any slip in the schedule. So everyone else got to work from home, but here I was going into work every day. I was like, all right, I'm essential. Here we go. Um, But yeah, during the, the start of the pandemic, a lot of my coworkers were like in contact with someone or like they were at risk. So I was the only one We went from having like three engineers and two technicians uh, to just me and the two technicians. And we had a print farm of around 20 ish printers. So yeah, I was running like that many printers roughly on my own. My, my coworkers could send me like, to be fair, they could send me the builds uh, from home. However, it was really hard to like load them all, purge all of the machines. Purging is when you fill it with the gas. That takes forever sometimes. Um, you have to like purge the machines and then like getting all of them started and then like pulling them all out. So like once the powder comes out, you have to like do the sucky civvy thing. And that's a very slow process because we don't want to move the powder too fast and then have it go boom. So Got like avoid <laughs> yeah. boom. I'm avoid letting going boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like taking taking the parts out of the machine takes like for like an experienced technician, they can do it in about two hours, wow. depending on the size of the particles and the material. And then like me, I'm not an experienced technician, but I could do it in four hours. So, so <laughs> if I had to pull a machine, free- that wow. would be like the last half of my day. Wow. Is that like constant yeah. attention required, like physical doing of a thing for two to four hours? Yeah, wow. it's constantly just like, like, um, depending on what your site is like. So my site had like a basket almost that had like a mesh screen and the size of the mesh was like set to a certain particle size. So it would filter out the burnt particles. Um, so like we would just like do it that way. My, my new site, we do it a different way, but yeah. And that took forever just like, and it would vibrate. So it would just shake. So it's like panning for gold and you're just sitting there like watching it. Like, could you go any faster? Wow. Yeah. I'm like, could you go any faster? And there's no gold. It's a freaking pandemic and we need these rocket pods. God damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And you can't just hop from one machine to the next machine, right? Because like you can't cross contaminate your materials. So like if I'm working on an aluminum machine, I have to stay there. I can't just walk back and forth between the two machines. Oh, wow. Oh, it is official. I would suck at this. Yeah. I I should not have. Yeah. I would yeah, now I'm so do it for a day and then be like, I thought this was going to be really cool. And now I'm standing here watching the thing shake. And <laughs> maybe exactly I still would be like. cool, but I don't know. <laughs> I think yeah, I would, if I can't I have a hard time with that, walk away. Like I'm frustrated. If I have to sit there and watch the print to make sure it's laying down correctly, like for five minutes, that's like, <laughs> all right. Really? That's, this is what we're doing? That's only like, the, the first uh, layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then if I can't if I can't walk away and go do something else and come back to a, fr- a perfect finished print, I'm like... That what? doesn't need any sucky no, civvy action. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I literally just speed in a bit of filament and, and, you know, do a purge line. Like, this is... Yeah, yeah no, I would, I, would, I would fail. I would fail your job. I yeah. Would, I would walk away. <laughs> Utmost, utmost respect. To to utmost respect to the dedication you 
yeah so it was intense trying to like get all of that uh going because like once you like take take the part then once you take the plate out so like you lift the plate out right and then the parts are welded onto the plate um because that's how it works in metal like it has to bond to the plate uh as like you're lazing between your layers like it's going through this rapid series of like expansion and contraction like mm-hmm. boom 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 because of all the heat and thermal stresses and those stresses build up over time and so like you'll find that when you print different materials a lot of them some of them are like oh i'm chill i'm hanging out on the plate and then some of them are like i need to leave this plate i need to break free like (laughs) (laughs) that's aluminum sorry (laughs) (laughs) so so i tend to apply more supports on my aluminum builds just because sometimes like it gets a little wily and i'm like you need to behave you're gonna stay you're gonna stay right here and you're not going anywhere um but yeah, so you take the part out of the the machine, and then it weighs like a ton of pounds. Like our plates are like literal actual pounds, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a two inch thick plate typically, of just pure like just picture like a two inch steel plate. Like that's roughly what it Can is, and it's like twelve by twelve. Hands or like in the the have... in the smaller machines you can, and then in our bigger machines like you actually have like a forklift. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, okay. yeah, wow. And then like you like the forklift like comes over, and then you like screw like. It has an attachment to it and you like lock them all in um and then it like lifts it up <laughs> out that of the machine so and like cool. you move it over what this, this so video cool. is just gonna be all billy and i making in- yeah in- we're insane incredulous faces we're like no <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah. Somebody's gonna be it's, making- it's really cool yeah i'm lazy though so i like to carry mine by hand like i, I prefer the smaller machines i don't have time to go get the forklift and do all the safety checks and <laughs> go through the checklist and make sure that it was like filled with the last person that used it did it correct it. it's yeah. yeah i just try to reach in grab it and then like just hold it and walk it to the yeah and then you have to take all the powder out so you have to like <laughs> okay sorry i have to get a straight face <laughs> so yeah once you take it out you lay it like on its side so the flat part of the plate is here like this. like if this was the plate it would be like this and then my part would come off like this right here's a metal printed part by the way Ooh, and so then yeah. you take a hammer and then you would just like whack it <laughs> art sounds fun and it comes like off that with part. that interface layer but like i have arthritis so it's like really painful but yeah you just like you like tap the back of the plate um repeatedly until you start seeing all the powder come out and then we like have the air guns and then we put the air guns in the channels and then we like blow all the powder out because you want to make sure all of the channels are completely free and completely clear um it's super critical for everyone who's been like kind of asking me like why i have that cool solicon video on uh my twitter channel it's because like depowdering can sometimes takes days Wow. So like people spend like thousands of dollars on this part. And so the reason they want to metal print it is because they put cool, crazy channels on the inside um, to move fluid or to move heat or whatever, or what whatever floats their boat. And you have to make sure you get all of the powder out because like I said earlier in the video that like the stresses are like expanding and contracting and it wants to lift off the plate. You have to get those stresses out somehow or the part will deform when you cut it off. So we send it to something called stress relief, where they just basically put it in a giant easy bake oven (laughs) and they bake it and they bring it up to temperature and it like dissipates all the stress and then they bring it back down slowly. So kind of like tempering a little bit, but not quite. Mm -hmm. So you don't, so it doesn't buckle or like we call it potato chipping. Like it'll literally just like when it comes off. Wow. 
That's Please. fascinating. Yeah. You should be making a list of all these like technical terms. Yes, I'm liking potato chipping. I will never call it walking yeah, again. <laughs> potato chipping like is way of, better. I feel like sometimes my prints potato chip a bit. Off yeah. The, off the <laughs> and that's what it's going to yeah. be from now on. When they when it yeah. when it starts to curl up at the edges, it's going to be potato chipping. That's exactly what it is. It looks, it looks like. like a Pringle. It's 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 perfect. It's the perfect descriptor. Yeah. I, Chris. Yeah. That's it. Potato chipping. No more water. Extra crispy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you don't get all the powder out of those channels when we go to put it into the stress relief process, it will just bake that powder in and like semi-center it. So right, it'll create a blockage. So like when someone runs that fuel through sense. it it would create a blockage and then the part would fail during operation. And like, I would never want that to happen to like a rocket engine or what will you. So like, we're very thorough. Like we are obscenely obsessed and thorough with getting all of the powder out. That mm. makes a lot of sense though. Like, yeah, pretty high yeah. stakes when you're building actual rockets. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Actual Speaking rocket. of the rockets, this is the F1. <gasps> Shout out to Thingiverse. Um, this is printed in steel at 30 micron layers. You guys understand what that is because you operate really yeah. cool machines. So um, so this is what like a lattice support would That's essentially look like. Those are supports, yeah. Yeah, and you can hear it. I'm like rubbing my finger on this pretty tight, and it won't break off. Wow. So uh, whenever How we have to remove, <sighs> you know, like Michelangelo with a hammer and chisel, you just no, or it's a actually. Drum. And chisel. No, I, use a <laughs> I use a Dremel to clean up the surface. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's cutting so like, steel, I feel like. Michael yeah. So you see that failed right there? I would take oh. a Dremel and just like clean that up a little bit. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I use a, like needle nose pliers to pull them off sometimes. And then um, most of the time, though, it's like a hammer and a chisel, quite literally, especially for aluminum because it's so much softer. It like gives away in the hammer and chisel game a lot easier. That's yeah. so Inconel, we know the more I'm tapping on that support, the harder and more painful. So how it do gets. you get it off Inconel? Do you just hope it comes off in the first tap, or like what do you do? <laughs> do you just not use support material? Just like design. You do it. use support material in Inconel, but it doesn't work as well as it does in aluminum because Inconel has different stress patterns. Um, I typically tend to use like a hammer and a chisel and like. You'll find that like once you start hitting Inconel and it's getting harder, sometimes it gets really hot and then I'll like walk away and then I'll come back and then I'll just like keep hitting at it. Um, but also like I've used like crowbars at certain times to like knock the supports off or like I'll wedge the crowbar in there and like fix the part in a vise. And like I've actually just hung there like like on a monkey bar, like just trying to hope my weight like snaps the support off this is a very physical <laughs> job i didn't kind of imagine it being so physical but wow amazing no it sounds incredibly physical actually yeah is this why you yeah. were so excited about that 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 one mental mental metal 3d printer that only required that only required a little bit of supports that only required supports for like five like less than five percent or more than five percent over yeah Shout out to Velo. Wait, hold on. Velo. Shout out to Velo. What do I do with my hands again? Yeah. So Velo printers have a recoder system that allows them to go like super low on their angles so you don't have to use quite as much support. And then the supports that you do have to use, you would just machine those out. And it's a lot easier to use like a CNC machine than to do it manually by hand. 
Right. Cool. That's awesome. And is it like, does it pack the material tighter or something? Like, how does it, how does it do that? How does it allow you to Um, get tighter angles? Sorry. Um, no i'm not gonna say that's classified because like it's <laughs> a lot more open now but yeah so they have like a special kind of recoder that just basically doesn't use a so my machines use like a blade so it's like a really thin sharp knife edge um that comes across and like grabs the powder and like distributes it but like when you use that blade it puts a tiny bit of pressure on the powder bed so it's kind of like smoothing a wrinkle out of your shirt where it's like yeah. Um, that little bit of pressure can hit the part and knock it over or it can hit a support and like knock the support over like if it's not strong enough to like hold itself up in the powder bed and so that's like why we have the 45 degree rule um that in physics but (laughs) (laughs) um, they they don't use a blade recoder i can say that yeah they don't use a blade in their recoder and um because it's a special like magical recoder and uh, that it eliminates that whole issue. So like, because they're not like touching the parts every time they drop powder on them or they bring powder across the plate, um, they they don't have to worry about the low angles because it's the low angles that really tend to catch the recoder. Mm. It's like when you're at 45 degrees and the recoder is coming this way, it's like, you're asking for it, buddy. <laughs> and then when you go below that, you're really asking for it. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, I keep drawing parallels to FDM, but I'm like, because we have like a Z hop thing, right, where it like lifts up when it's moving around, and I keep like, mm-hmm. I keep like drawing parallels, and I don't know whether they're really legit, but I think yeah, I don't worry, get I'm it. doing it. Too. I'm doing it too. That's that's I all see, I have to go I can off see of. it catching and knocking it over though. Like that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> wow, that would I mean, shout yeah. out to Velo because they're amazing, keep changing the game. Hell I'm yeah. excited. I hope that they just flood the market. All two million, right? It's just. It's just two million dollars, yeah? yeah. It's somewhere in that ballpark. A lot of companies don't like talking about like how much their machines cost, but yeah, these machines Let's cost millions real, of dollars. Yeah, yeah they. Let's are, be real; they, they cost cost. millions of dollars. It's not a toy, as much as I treat it like one. It's not a toy. <laughs> it's an industrial piece of equipment. I know that. <laughs> we know this. We do. It's not a toy. <laughs> Every now and again, we print things off Thingiverse, but it's not a toy. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I've been caught. (laughs) You said it before. (laughs) Nah, if you can't have fun every once in a while, then like, yeah. Yeah. What are you you even doing? Exactly. Gotta be able to have fun. (laughs) Though that said, if you were to get a second chance at starting again, what, what would you what would you do differently? Would you would you do a different discipline? Would you 3D print in a different material? Like, like how would you how would you do it differently if you had a second chance? If I had a second chance, I would probably it's a it's a toss up. I would have um mm, that's a toughie. So number one, I've always wanted to go into mechatronics, which is like robotics meets like telecommunications meets like electronics, like I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, I think that's super wicked cool. It's like the whole Iron Man vibe where he like fabricated it. He designed the electronics. He designed the software and he like got it to work. I was like, that's lit. (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) in a more realistic, (laughs) feasible sense, uh, if I could go back and do it, I would definitely go back and do trade school. And I would probably become a machinist just because like you get to work with the metals, you get to see all of the cool parts, but you don't have to put in like all of like the crazy, like weird 
hours and then people always need you and they always need your help and you get paid very handsomely if you get really good at it so like if i could go back and do it again i would definitely be a machinist and you don't four-year degree like bachelor degrees are so overrated yeah um, I would definitely go back to trade school. So That's really interesting. It was only mm, last year because I was like soul searching and I seriously looked at doing a machinist course at, at trade school here. And now I'm like, if mm-hmm. SJ thinks it's a good idea, maybe it is a good idea. <laughs> Higher yeah, opportunities are everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you said, you're never going to not need a machinist, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to go away with the increased advent of like technology and stuff like that. Like it's exactly. not one of those jobs that's going to disappear in the next five years or anything. It's, mm. it's going to be around it's for a not. while. Yeah, you're still going to need humans to finish machine made parts and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be around for a while. I think, I don't think we're, we're at yeah. full automation quite yet. Yeah. And they definitely understand how the materials work a lot better than I do. Um, so like if I design something for like printing, I won't print it until I have had like a full on conversation with my machinist. Like, can I, can I, I know I can print this, but can you machine it? Like, that's a big part of our industry that I don't think we talk about enough. Like, just cause you can print it doesn't mean you should. Mm, like, yeah. how are you going to finish it? <laughs> so like, I'll just sit with the machinist and I'll be like, okay, I want to like cut this like conical piece of support out. Like, how hard would it be for you to reach that? And then he'll be like, that's absolute BS. Like, there's no way I'm going to fit that onto the lathe. Like, he's like, no. And then you have to make sure you add, like, datum features so, like, they can locate it. Um, That's one thing I've been learning a lot of in 2020 is, like, making sure my datum features are, like, really easily accessible so, like, they can touch off on certain points and come in at, like, a crazy angle if I need it to be. What was a datum feature? So it's like a locating feature that machinists use. So like they have a touch probe. Sounds really spicy, but it's really just like a little needle on the end of like the mill. <laughs> and so it comes and it will touch like two points so that it knows like, okay, this is zero, zero. And you want me to travel 15 inches that way and 12 inches that way. So it's basically just like how you set the zero, zero on the part. But like you have to make sure that like, because we're machining within like a thou or like five thou, which is like, a hair size um they really need to know like where the zero zero is going to be it's crazy um, and is the needle yeah, like the capacitive or something like does it does it or is it a manual needle that it t- that touches the part or does it like it looks like a science? needle but it has like a little ball on the end and it um, like has a sensor in it to get a reading oh yeah it's all digital yeah amazing wow he's not going to measure it with a like a caliber set he's going to measure it like with the precisely tuned instrument that's been calibrated (laughs) reaching in with calipers yeah Uh, and i imagine as as the part goes some of those parts like some of those reference points would be removed right like as you're finishing things so you'd need more than one to am i am i right in thinking that you're correct okay you're correct Mm, interesting wow I'm learning so much today. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking us I, all the I time. Feel <laughs> so like outside of my usual realm of knowledge here. It's very much like, oh wow. This is this is it is it is I, I don't know. I definitely find it really interesting how the technologies that Billy and I use regularly and the technologies you use are both considered 3D printing. They they both fall under additive manufacturing, and yet they feel so incredibly different. 
Um, and, and as you're, you're explaining stuff, I'm just like, dang, uh, wow. This is, <laughs> this is, it really is. It's just, it's, it's massively, it's massively more complicated. <laughs> yeah. I never this had to like, whack out the organ. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and no, the yeah, no, I don't worry about my prints exploding. Yeah. I worry about burning myself. I do worry about burning myself, but mostly because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I like to get really close to the nozzle when I shouldn't. But that's on me. I, yeah, it's not I explosive green flames that take up the whole room. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it one time and it was... Oh, you've seen it? No way. Yes, I saw the green flames one time and I was kind of just like, nope, wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Wow. Sorry, passing on the, the giant wall of flame. Yeah. No, thank it's you. Green. Holy. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's magical. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> but deadly. <laughs> From a distance. From a distance. distance that's cool. Yes. Fireworks. Not awesome. close enough to singe off your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Speaking of things that can go wrong, have you ever taken on a project that ended up being like more than you could chew or like you couldn't handle it and like do you think it was good or bad if you have been in a situation like that to have gone through that situation? <laughs> it's a weirdly oh, worded that's question. So, Sorry. <laughs> that so sense. hard. Um, I mean, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One of us. Uh, yeah, all the yeah. time. But yeah, you'll find like in metal additive customers like really excited with their part and they'll like run to you all excited and then like, yeah, can you print me like 15 of these? And I'm like, why don't you just take a block of aluminum and have them machine out like a folder holding tray for you? Why do I need to print it? It's it's kind of like very simple geometries like that where like you shouldn't be using these metal printers to make something so simple. Like you should just go and buy it injection molded or casted or something. Like, yeah. why are you asking me to print this? Is it because you think you can get it tomorrow? Like, I don't but I can't say no because that's not how it works in corporate engineering you kind of have to like give them like a soft yeah let me look at it let me look at some of your CAD models and I'll look at them and then get back to you and then it's basically you just quote them a price yeah you just quote them a price so high they're like mm, actually I don't it's really that expensive and I'm like yeah oh yeah totally. yeah yeah no it's 100% but you should look at I'm injection fact, molding <laughs> mm-hmm yeah yeah this is yeah that's it you should yeah, yeah. You should other thing it'd be way cheaper yeah exactly so like I get that every day but I guess if I had to pick one project specifically um my final senior design project was a 3d printing project because I made it a 3d printing project um and so uh yeah so are you guys familiar with hip dysplasia uh vaguely yes. I yes uh so hip dysplasia affects like a small amount of children I think it's like less than 20% but basically your femur has a femoral head that's like this and then like your hip socket sits like this and then the femur sits inside the hip socket right well in children with hip dysplasia this isn't like a c shape it's like a flat shape so it's just <sighs> grinding it's just not connecting and so like the babies yeah. won't be able to crawl it'll be difficult for them to learn how to walk they'll have to like be in crutches or like assisted leg devices or wheelchairs um and so to fix this conventionally doctors <laughs> doctors have this method where they put them in a little harness like a little jumper and uh it forces the femoral heads like 
inside of the bone because like when they're infants like they don't feel that so it's best to correct it while they're really small and then like their bones are pretty soft and malleable still so like you can just like force the femoral socket to make a socket um but the problem is that being doctors they're not engineers so like they don't care about repeatability all of it is done on mostly instinct like just feeling it and finding the right sweet spot and so we had a doctor come to us and he was like yo can you calculate this so that like I can share it with my community and like we can like be more uniform when treating oh this for kids. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's how. Bio- so yeah, I'm a biomedical engineer. If I didn't clarify that, I was a biomedical engineer by trade <laughs> before I got into metals. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that sounds challenging. Like we're gonna be on a team to do this. Like yeah, sure, we can, we can, we can calculate that. Um, and then. Yeah, so we had PhD students calculate like a certain set of angles that they thought would be best for like moving it into place, um, like around the acetabular. There's like a little like in the cup. There's like a little rim, and so like they would calculate the angles of the energies of like your muscles moving back into the the little cup. Anyways, we're getting too big. We're getting back back to the <laughs> overall arching picture. I'm loving it. I'm following um, along. I'm like, this is cool. We're on an adventure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we're on the adventure. So now you have the background of the adventure and why we were doing the adventure. And then a big part of the adventure was he wanted a desktop model so that he could show his other doctor friends like, hey, these engineers tested it out and we know it works because the main goal of the model was for them to be able to grab the leg, pull it out of socket and then watch like these muscles suck it back into the socket. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we had to have one team designing pneumatic muscles, which are basically just kind of like these air pressure sleeves. They're really cool if you can look them up. Um, They behave very closely to human muscle. You see them in robots all the time. Um, I'm sure you've both seen iRobot, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, Sonny's arm where he has the cords and whatever, that's kind of like what the pneumatic muscles look like. So cool. So we had all of the muscles that control like the, the femur and that connect to the hip, like there. And like you were just supposed to be able to pull it out and like snap it in. My job was to 3D print the hip set and the bones that it was going to attach to. Which I thought was going to be quite simple, but it was not. Oh. <laughs> oh. So we had the the cab model brought over, um, like we had the scans provided by the doctor uh, of a baby, and then we had to scale it up because like to print like a baby size, like the baby size of like the baby's hips is like smaller than a mouse. It, it fit into yeah. your hand. I have some pictures yeah. and the femurs are small baby chicken wings. Like their little femurs are so, so tiny. And so we were like, all right, this isn't going to work. Like this, this isn't working. Like how are we going to attach these big pneumatic muscles? Like the smallest pneumatic muscles, like the size of my finger, how are we going to attach that? Yeah. So we've got to make this model bigger. So they're like, SJ, we need you to print it bigger. And I was like, how big? Like, what's the scale like what yeah. so we ended up doing like a lot of that yeah and then like after that um my first encounter with the maker community actually was on that project because like i had the 3d printed anatomical models but like they were like how are we going to attach the muscles and i was like oh that's a great question and they're like could you put anything inside of the print and i was like uh maybe I don't know. They, you only gave me STLs. It's not like you gave me actual CAD. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want of me? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want of me? This is my first solo 3D printing project. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah. I went into like a maker community forum and I was like, does anybody have any ideas for how to do this thing? 
and someone actually replied after like three days and they were like yeah why don't you just use like metal heat sinks like inside of the bone and then put a, a screw on the top and then you can just loop the head of the the muscle through the screw and do it that way and i was like <laughs> thank you yes, random thank stranger you. Yeah. thank you thank you random stranger <laughs> make a community coming through for me day one internet internet actually giving you answers instead of yeah crap <laughs> yeah. yeah so so that was uh so that actually ended up saving the project for me that was my deliverable um so like I definitely thought I'd bit off more than I could chew just because like getting the print settings right. And then every time I had to like resize, rescale it or resize it, it was a MakerBot. Oh God, I'm embarrassed oh, to say God. it was a MakerBot when they had just come out with that smart extruder. Oh, you poor thing. I I got in the community way after those happened, but I still hear tales of those <laughs> I got like, they one of, like, like the, three the, for 70 bucks at one point or something because everyone hated they were them. They were so expensive when they first came out. It was ridiculous. So yeah, they, like Faye, if you didn't know, it was like a MakerBot and it was a smart extruder and like it would what unhook it like completely. I don't know what made it smart, but like you could basically take it completely off the machine and it magnetically clipped back in. And so like that okay. made it cool. But that also okay. kind of gave you the hint that like these extruders must clog pretty often if you're going to let me like swap them in and out like that. Um, yeah, so, I can see a lot of ways that would go wrong. Thing. I'm not yeah, so it was going wrong a lot. <laughs> And then it prints really slowly. Like the prints Ooh. were taking forever because it took up like almost the whole print volume for me to make the models. So like anytime anybody made a change, it was like, you're gonna have to wait five days for that print to finish. I'm so sorry. And then wow. we can start another one. Yeah. And we had a deadline. So like, I was like stressed, I was freaking out. I was like, this has become way more than I can do. I was like, I don't know what we're doing, but yeah, whoever in the maker community responded, if you were out there, I'm here today because you helped me graduate. So I appreciate you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Hugs to that That's person. Really nice That's awesome. I wonder if they're still but around. Also, yeah. I'm you out there? Are you out there? Are you listening? <laughs> Make yourself known if you remember this project. Yeah. <laughs> Extrusion Jesus, are you there? Extrusion <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yes. it's a really cool sounding project though and it, it's i i i hope i hope that it, it got finished to at least to a point where it was uh it was useful and hopefully hopefully helped lots of babies with uh hip dysplasia yeah i hope so cool. too we were doing the first part and so like all the kids that were going to come after us were supposed to like finish it up and then we were we had plans to like branch out into other like biomechanical groups but i don't know i should follow up on that i'll follow up on that and get back to you <laughs> we'll put it in the description or something <laughs> they did mm. well <laughs> yeah uh, my paper is published if you Ooh. wanted to look it up so that's cool that's very cool. how do we find it that's what's the cool. what are we are the titles or i'll send you the link okay we'll do that okay. <laughs> i'll make a note here <laughs> now if you had if you had no limitations no limitations at all money space time a team if all of these things were no object what would you do like it sounds like you you've done stuff obviously you've done biomedical stuff and you've done aerospace stuff and you've done all sorts of stuff but like if there were if there were no limits what what would you do what would you make if i was being selfish i would print an extra pair of hands oh that oh. would be rad yes um like biomechanical hands 
like a dog ock. Like I would just have them like popping out of my shoulders. That could like, you know, so that I could type and then like drink coffee at the same time. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so I would just have some biomechanical arms. That is very, that is very um, cool. (laughs) Yeah. If I wasn't being selfish, I would print homes. Like I would just print, I would just level everything and just start printing homes. I worked on a project a couple years back that was about uh, printing on Mars. So they had this idea that we would send the rover to Mars and then the rover would scoop up the regolith, which is like the best fancy way of saying dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would like dump it into a, a vat behind it and it would mix it like cement and then it would ex- use that as material for extruding and making homes. So they would send that out oh, first and I then swear I've heard they would send project. the astronauts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was an American makes. And then like the astronauts would come after that. And like once the astronauts got there, they'd show up and be like, yo, it built our house. Like we don't have to sleep outside. That's so cool. <laughs> I didn't know you worked on that. That's awesome. I've like been thinking about that ever since I heard about it. I'm like, that's freaking genius. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like little mm-hmm. robot printers, like little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Wow. But I didn't know you worked cool, on that. Right? Like just the coolest human. Mars dirt is. <laughs> kind of amazing to just mm. like be like yep. trees. <laughs> huh? <laughs> it's like they don't have trees so you get there it's like i guess we're gonna use this dirt <laughs> <laughs> make some little mud brick houses <laughs> use yeah. what you got use what you got i still i, I still really like the dock it's very sustainable arms, so i i think that's i would like some dock arc dock arc style arms please that, right? that sounds yeah. good um, mechadendra i could i mean <laughs> yeah, honestly, I could definitely use a couple, a couple sets, like one above, one below, like that would be, um, it's not selfish, it's, it's, it's big, it's big brain. brain, yep. Galaxy brain. <laughs> mm, oh, this has been so this great. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I have thoroughly my cheeks hurt from smiling so much this is wonderful (laughs) my brain is very full my brain is very full of new information but I still think that the the coolest thing that I learned today was about in canal like yeah that's the vibranium I'm taking that with me yeah 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 it's pretty awesome I had to name myself after it but I love it um just to put it out there in the community um (laughs) Inconel comes in Inconel 718 and Inconel 625. And those are the two types of Inconel that we generally tend to print with. I mean, there's other numbers and the numbers represent like something like periodically, like the the chemistry of the, the, the material. But yeah, so like, it's like, do you want Inconel 718 or Inconel 625? And so when I called myself Inconel, people would message me and be like, so is your birthday like 625 or is your birthday 718? <laughs> And I would just be like, you're cute, but thanks. <laughs> that is kind of cute, though. <laughs> that would get me. <laughs> Anytime someone works out what my name means, I'm like, yes, go you. <laughs> like, you, 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 you've done your homework. You've done yeah. your homework. Well yeah, done. that's awesome. <laughs> oh, people are great. I love them. That's for sure. Was yes. Was there anything else you wanted to chat about before? Like, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? Tonight, the morning. I feel like I've just done a lot of talking for like the last hour. Um, That is the point. It is an interview. (laughs) Right, right. Um, 
I'm sorry. I'm used to being like the silent engineer on the wall. That's kind of in my head. Like that's never going to print. That's never going to print. Okay. We're going to print it. (laughs) (laughs) It's above my job description. I just push go. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I guess if there's anything that I wanted to chat about or have like put on the interview, it would be that I hope a lot of the makers in your channel that are watching this, like especially the younger ones, because I noticed that you have like, a good amount of like younger high school age like makers that follow you um go into metal printing like it's awesome career it's fantastic and we need more people in metal printing to keep it going and even if you don't like metal printing um like higher level industrial printing is also like really cool too i mean i love that maker communities yeah they're really obsessed with like the open source thing but like there's like a little bit of luxury in like the corporate side where you can just like push a button and then Stratasys will ship you the material and then you just <laughs> kick it in the machine and it just goes. Um, <laughs> it's a lot easier um, in certain regards. I love the open sourceness, but I'm also like, you know, come on, try the dark side just a little bit. <laughs> Taste it. There are some tricks. a little bit. <laughs> that stuff's not awesome. going away. So, yeah, it's not going yeah, away. So you, you, and if you work in the industrial sector, I mean, you don't have to pay for it. Like, Another company is paying you to print, and it's awesome getting paid to print. That is like, cool. I'm paid to print. I love it. I do it at home um, whenever I get the chance. I don't have a printer here. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Not yet. judging um, you. <laughs> you have amazing printers you work with every day. <laughs> like, why would you need yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. I think my wife would kill me if, like, I had a printer at home because I print all day long. And then to come home and sit there, like, printing again like, do you ever stop like do you ever stop <laughs> did, print did she come first or did printing come first <laughs> which came first in your life her or printing like in timeline wise like which did you meet you, first you're you are setting me up you are setting me up <laughs> okay we won't answer that I'm question i'm sorry sj's wife <laughs> not get you in trouble i feel the same way though like i feel like i neglect my poor partner sometimes like maybe it would be better if i didn't have my printers hit because he might get more me time <laughs> poor thing exactly poor so thing. i'm just yeah. like trying you made the right choice oh, to be perfectly honest <laughs> um well <laughs> then well then where can people find you if they want to follow you and continue gazing in awe at your amazing works <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can find me at Inconel, um, I-N-C-O-N-E-L-L-E, um, on Twitter. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under SJ. I don't know how many SJs there are, but I don't think there's that many. Um, if you want to follow me and see what I'm doing, like, in the corporate world. I'm trying to, like, uh, so, like, there was this Very first wave of, like, metal 3D printers that were, like, uh, super old guys. <laughs> like they were really old and so like <laughs> now i'm in like the second wave and so like we're just constantly people in the second wave are kind of like can we post that and the old guys are like no you can't <laughs> and then we're like well, how are we gonna tell people that we're awesome and they're like okay you can you can post this one thing <laughs> and i'm like really highly skeptical of the internet yeah yeah and i'm just like <sighs> okay fine like i'll just post the one boring picture of the printer outside like in the middle of the parking lot like that's fine <laughs> it's gonna get Aww. me all the likes <laughs> yep. Yep. Aww, that's a shame but I, yeah yeah <laughs> i get yeah. that if you follow me on linkedin there is a video of like what i do every day and i can share it with you yes i can also share it with you in the comments because it is on linkedin yeah 
We'll put it all. We'll put those in the description. We will do that because that would be awesome. Okay, perfect. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for getting up early to join us. Very early. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) This was awesome. I love every time I get to spend with you and Faye. And this is just like the best, the best time right here. So thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. We should do this more. Well. I will see you on the internet. <laughs> Thank you once again. <laughs> yeah, see y'all uh, next time. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I am loving making this series, and if you are too, please support me on Patreon so I can keep making more. Top supporters will appear in this list of legends, and the topmost supporter gets a special shout out, so thank you Loyal Moses, you are absolutely wonderful, I know you don't only support me, but so many others in the community, and you're awesome for it, thank you. You can meet another maker here, and here's a video YouTube thinks you'll like. If you want to catch up with any of us, all our socials are in the description below. See you later!